oh, I recently tweeted that I hadn't seen. There was like a, what's a movie that, you know, everyone's seen, but you haven't. And I it was, I want to say like Christmas Eve. So I was just, you know, it was late. Mm. And I tweeted Goodfellas. And let me tell you, mm. if people 80 have seen Goodfellas now. And if generously 80% of your Twitter followers are men yeah. between 20 and 40, yeah. not a popular thing to say. No. A lot of opinions about that. The way I see it, I've seen bad boys. It's basically the opposite, right? <laughs> Let me tell you, Amazing. not a popular opinion. everybody green light pod your host chris long you know the deal i appreciate you guys we were number six this week on the apple podcast charts for sports podcast man usually i joke about this being a moderately successful podcast but this week it feels like we're kind of objectively very successful and that's thanks to y'all the listeners i want to thank you guys Maybe you heard me on Levitard, maybe like Ryan, maybe like, you know, big cat stick around, you know, like take this ride with us. Okay. You can be a green light pod hipster. Okay. Ground floor. And to the, the real hipsters, the ones that were here, uh, you know, middle of the fall last year, when we just turned the fucking machines on and rolled really appreciate you guys. And to reward you, we will keep the good guests coming. Today, we got a thick pod. We got a jam-packed football pod, man. This thing, it's a good one. Okay, two guests. We had Calvin Johnson, future Pro Football Hall of Famer, Mina Kimes, future sports media Hall of Famer, in my book. Uh, nobody I enjoy talking to more than Mina. When she stops by, uh, we have a great time. And today was was no exception. We talked about the, the coaching hires this week. The coaching cycle news is on fire. We've had a few hirings. Uh, we've had a few guys that are getting more interviews. You know, Dan Campbell in Detroit seems like a certainty. I think it is certain by this this time when you're hearing this pod. Uh, you know, Arthur Smith down in Atlanta, which I find incredibly intriguing. Uh, Brandon Staley, who was a big sur surprise to me, you know, staying in L.A., landing as the Chargers head coach, didn't even have to sell his house, which is wild. Uh, we'll talk about all these new hires, and we'll also talk about uh, the games coming up this weekend. Two games that have happened between these, these respective teams. Teams, uh, so which ones will be the most different? Look at Tampa Bay. They have absolutely gotten better since they beat the shit out of uh, the Packers. But were the Packers just that bad that day? You know, and the the, the Chiefs handled their business. Uh, the score didn't in indicate how lopsided that was when those two teams met earlier in the season in the rain in Buffalo. This game in Arrowhead, will it look much different? Uh, Mina and I put our heads together on that, and then we have Calvin on. And uh, Calvin uh, was incredible to talk to, just as humble as I figured he, he would be. Uh, as I said, he's always, he's always carried himself with dignity and class. And, you know, one thing 
about him is uh, to have the intestinal fortitude to walk away from the game in your prime uh, when you're one of the greatest to ever do it is remarkable. Um, so a guy who is much more than a football player, we talk about Detroit, we talk about the, the hire that they're making right now in Dan Campbell, he's actually played with and under Dan Campbell. So that's quite interesting. Actually, I didn't realize that we have a lot in common. Okay. Well, we have one thing in common. Uh, it doesn't go far beyond that, but we spent the bulk of our, our years playing for bad franchises and organizations that were struggling. So, um, you know, interesting to hear his perspective there. And then after football cannabis, that's what, what he's doing now. Um, he's got to grow. He's got his own bud. It's called primitive drop the E at the end. He's living up in Michigan. I'll tell you more about it. Uh, when you hear Calvin and myself chopping it up in a few minutes, but, remarkable dude. So Mina Kimes uh, first, and then we've got Calvin. Mina Kimes joins me. Uh, we've got a lot of coaching stuff going on. We have a lot of uh, playoff stuff going on, but we also have a lot of big sparkling water going on. Uh, <laughs> oh. Yeah, exactly. Mina Kimes has been closing in on her white whale in the world of corporate sponsorship. Tell us about the distance close between you and Spindrift. Well, I really, I don't think I owe you a commission, but I owe you like spiritually, you were the one who gave me the push I needed to go public with my desire to be a spinfluencer, which is, a, which is not a thing that Spindrift says, to be clear. No. Uh -uh. Um, you know, RTs are not endorsements or slang is not, but um yeah. So I, I, I think it was on your pod. I can't remember when I talked about how much I love Spindrift and how I would die to be an endorser, anything. I mean, I don't even like, well, we're in talks, so I'm not going to get, yeah, you don't want to mess the bag up here, so to speak, but, but uh, yeah, exactly. So um, other people took notice and have been going at them at social media saying, Hey, this girl really loves Spindrift. And X months later, Spindrift reached I think out. It's seven to be exact, but you've been playing the long game. I mean, and I respect you playing the long game because in the beginning there were bumps in the road. Even recently, when you thought you were DMing with the Spindrift Wizard of Oz and it was just a bot, you were showing them the DMs. <laughs> and, well, and they okay. were like, the, whoever was behind the, yeah. the thing, I was kind of discouraged. I was really excited because I thought you were like behind the, the door and you're yeah. in there. And then you were like, check this out. And it was like, what flavor do you like? And then they yeah. were like, that's sensational. <laughs> like Spindrift in two seconds. is typing. Well, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I was visibly, I was like, am I DMing with a sentient can of Spindrift? I don't know who's behind this. Is this person DMing everyone? And is it like movie her, you know? But, um. <laughs> which I haven't maybe. seen. What? That, yeah, I mean, which, which I, sucks because I love the movie so much. Or I love the actor so much. You got to see it. It's so good. And it ages well, too. Okay, um, especially now, I'm sure. I didn't spoil it either. That's the premise of the movie, not that. No, and you but, didn't um, judge me too hard, so. Yeah, oh, I, that's my whole thing is not having seen movies. No judgment. I don't know if you knew that, so I, I never judge people for. Oh, my, yeah. You know what we need to do? My co-host has seen no movies. Okay, you think you've really? seen Really? You need to come on, and y'all need to work out. I think he has a beef with one of your, with, with one of your takes in game management that he won't let go. He's like, I love Mina Kimes, but she says this one thing. Is it like a going for two down for, yeah, it's the, I think it's going like for that. two. Yeah. It's, it's one of these. Yeah. I try not to be like a dick about those. Cause I feel You're like, 
Okay, thank you. Because I feel like some be. people on Twitter are a little aggressive about it. A little and, aggressive. But then on the broadcast, they're also terrible about it. Like, I'm a nerd. Da, da. And mm. I try to find the happy medium of being like reasonable. <laughs> you know what I mean? But yeah. um, what was it? Oh, I recently tweeted that I hadn't seen. There was like a, what's a movie that, you know, everyone's seen, but you haven't. And I it was, I want to say like Christmas Eve. So I was just, you know. It was late. Mm. And I tweeted Goodfellas. And let me tell you, mm. if eighty have seen Goodfellas now. And if generously eighty percent of your Twitter followers are men yeah. between twenty and forty, yeah. not a popular thing to say. No. A lot of opinions about that. I have some movie takes that people get real riled up about. Try floating that you don't like remember the Titans to out to people or that it's a kids movie. Yeah, you think Hoosiers sucks. Thank you. Like oh, Hoosiers. Yes. Yeah, I, I mean, I, mean right. I don't love it, but it doesn't suck. Overrated. Overrated. You know how some movies have been talked about so much that they they create a false expectation for themselves. And then they're yeah. then I'm hard on Hoosiers rather than being like, oh, it's a lifetime movie. Yeah, that's is <laughs> remember the Titans is definitely Ugh. well, I mean, you know, Disney I would never say anything negative about you but um you looked up i know because i that's the one abc espn is part of the disney family um no, i know yeah, but we, are they like in your they're on your ceiling i have a lot of technology in this room <laughs> right now um that's how i feel about goodfellas like the way i see it i've seen bad boys it's basically the opposite right <laughs> <laughs> let me tell you Amazing. not a popular opinion um okay so back to spindrift so yeah, yeah so i turned out i was messaging with a real person and um, we got some calls set up and I feel like I'm on my way to just be to drown in spindrift. And this is important for me to convey to you because it was you who taunted me with your water sponsorship. Yep. They sent you a ton of flow. Right? Flow sent me a ton, a ton of water, but flow did the equivalent of not calling back after an incredible first night. What like, happened? That's it. I, I just haven't had any products since I've drank all the alkaline water who? in North America from that shipment. Have you continued making flow water content? Well, listen, I thought I stumbled into maybe the greatest ad in water history, which would be even flow playing over me unboxing my flow water. I mean, you only get one shot at this stuff mm. as she drinks her spindrift. Yes. Yeah, delicious. Bubbly. It, it is delicious. Not like LaCroix. Ah, LaCroix. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. Well, so ever since I saw your incredible Instagram ad for flow water, yeah, I've been thinking about like what I'll do with my for spindrift when I get when I'm get all those spindrifts. Um, like play little spin doctors, maybe, you know. I've my my dream job is um it's not my dream job, but you know, Sunday night football, how they're always working on like cool musical references mm -hmm. to like sometimes the situation or the yeah. city, and you're like, yeah. whoa, they just played cannonball. Um, I've been thinking about that a lot. Dude, I think they did it the other night. I don't remember who they did it for, but Fox does it a lot lately. I feel like I'll be like, what? And they play some real heady stuff. Whoever's playing yeah. is like, I heard they had like widespread panic on the other night. The dudes in the no, Fox, Fox is a major. Whoever um, does the music for Fox is it's killing it. It's <laughs> killing chill. it, dude. They're, you know chill. I mean? They're in the TV um, like Cheech and Chong. Uh, That's yeah, my dad uh, who it is. Night. for fuck's sake sunday night did talking heads the other night because it was a giants game or something i was like fuck this is and it's always great because it's it it's only like two seconds so you know you gotta really have your ear open i'm pulling up your your the message that i got here and this was a screenshot of your message from spindrift <clears throat> 
you literally, they, they hit you up. And instead of waiting in silence, you were like, am I being chill? You, you wrote in all caps, like immediately as they hit you up, biggest spindrift fan on earth in all caps. And I was like, yo, you're coming on too strong. You know, it's just, but it worked. It's amazing. I'm so happy for you. Um, I'm so very happy for you. Now I'm kind of, in, I'm in the backseat looking at you and I got to hit up flow and I got to play your contract against my water contract. You see how this goes? Maybe there's a lesson in here. Um, like you, your whole approach of playing it cool and yeah. laying back and letting the game come to you. It's not Whereas, so cool. Yeah. It, 2021, you got to shoot your shot. If that just sketch came to you and said like, let's talk. Are you playing it cool? How are you um, carrying that? I mean, sure. But the thing with Spindrift is like, I, I don't want like hundreds of etch sketches. I mean, if they want to give me money, that's one thing. But like in terms of just sheer just like product, <laughs> all like if a dog food company came to me, I'd be open. I'd be interested in that. Um, Cause you're a dog. Yeah. I just want to clear that up. Like some people have tried it <laughs> eating dog food. I just want to make sure you weren't one of those weird serial killer Like, like a friend? <laughs> No, I just, I've like heard of it. story you heard? No, I, I did actually have a friend in college that got drunk and ate dog food for dares. Everybody in Amish okay. school knew there one were. person who ate dog food. Really? Or cat, or cat food. Uh, my buddy was more of a dog food guy. Um, I Blue really buffalo. like corned beef. I, that's what my dog eats. It's really high quality. I really like corned beef hash. Um, and sometimes... <laughs> <laughs> sometimes when i empty out my can of dog food for lady i look at it i think it looks like corned beef hash um ain't patty's day every day for that cat um <laughs> hey so so the, the the main thing that i was so struck we want to talk about coaches right um yeah and this has been an interesting year with the hires some of them have been unexpected um the most, the, the most fun thing about this time of year now it's becoming a thing is like coaches, like videos, the selfie videos, the, Hey, I now, oh my God. Uh, I'm now responsible for your happiness as a football fan for the next three to five years, possibly. Yeah. That's a big undertaking. Making a selfie video period. We, we, yeah. I mean, I, Try I'm a, I'm it's, I would rather do two hours of first take with no preparation, just going you know, toe to toe with Stephen A. Smith, then make a two minute selfie video in one take and put it out into the world. I have been in my room for three hours doing a three minute video before in my room, three hours, you get to the last sentence. And if you're a perfectionist, like in a weird way, which I'm like, kind of am kind of not like you cannot not. And you're like, I have to add this thing. I can't leave this out. And you stumble over yourself, dude. Remember when I posted on Instagram? I don't remember this. All my takes in my selfie video, it filled the whole fucking page up. Just this week, a colleague of mine was like, Hey, Mina, I, I, uh, my friend's daughter is a big fan. Can you make a, a video for her? And I honestly did 15 takes. This was for a fucking nine year old girl. <laughs> like, I <laughs> Scary, dude. But where could it Hey, could you I just wanted to let you know you can follow your dreams and then something. To, fuck. Oh, hey, I just watched you like that. Like I did so many takes and I don't know why. I don't know why. If somebody comes to me and they're the CEO of a foundation, they're like, hey, man, I got two options for you. You could 
shoot a two minute selfie video about homelessness or donate a million dollars to the cause and live outside for 10 years, I'm probably doing the latter. It's the hardest thing in the world, but these coaches, they have to, they have to like introduce themselves in one fell swoop. Who knew what Arthur Smith looked like until a week ago? Uh, I did you, because you did, but I don't. No, well, look, yeah, I don't but, look at these coordinators. These coordinators exist in print to me. Because every time I look at him, I think, okay. Every time I see him on the sideline, I think, wow, he looks really anonymous. And then I have my second thought, which is, he looks like if Mike Leach was chill. Look at his face. <laughs> okay, okay. I did a cut. Okay, PFT. I got to credit him with this because he said it today. He goes. I call him Thickless Cage because he does look like a low-key Nicholas Cage. And if you know me, I'm obsessed with all things Nicholas Cage. I had actually simultaneously took a screenshot of his eyes. If you look at the screenshot of the eyes, which I will share right now on the social, you cannot tell me if that's Nick Cage and Face Off or Arthur Smith dialing up play action. Same eyes, dude. Same eyes, different. So much fate. play action, just nonstop. <laughs> I admit, do you think uh, how much is Maddie Maddie Ice gonna love booting out? Okay. Oh yeah. I'm sorry, that man. I mean, yes. Okay, I did the thing where we're doing a Zoom and I put up my screen, which is horrible. no. But Maddie Maddie Ice Maddie Ice. Uh, my first thought was like, can he run? Like you know, what I mean, no offense to Maddie Ice. I remember there was a the first time he first down he struggled to pick up in the second New Orleans game last year, and I was like, "Damn, we're both old." But <laughs> Matt, I mean, I, no, I, I um, I think he did okay with his selfie video. All things considered, he was so you know one of the hardest things about it is, and all these guys do it, and I do it too. Is as soon as you hit record, there's like a second delay. He didn't mm. even edit that second to layout because he was trying to see like, is this thing on? Like, I've never done this before. You know what I mean? Did you see his video? Yeah, I did. And I noticed that um, I assumed like a Falcon social person got eyes on it, but well, they're not going to tell the new guy. Hey, you look stiff, dude. Like you look like you've never done this <laughs> thing before. Yeah. The video. I mean, like, I, I don't think they were going to be like, dude, you look stiff, but mm. um, he looked like a deer in the headlights a little bit, but he managed to stick the landing, hit the rise up. I'm just imagining back in the day, if coaches had to do this, like Belichick, can you imagine if some, in some alternate universe, he has to get a different job at some point, like, hello, Miami or hello. Oh Houston, my God. I know. Like, I'm Bill Belichick. You know, That's like, like a good reason to never leave. Like you were talking about, like you'd have to be paid a million. You'd rather give a million dollars and make a selfie video. I yeah. might like just stay at a job, like a shitty job. Like if, like if I was a coach now, I'd be like, I don't want to make a video. I don't want to buy a new gear. You know, forget, but, but especially the video, I don't want to do it. So moving my family is one thing, but yeah, I mean, they're like, used to it. I'm a coach, but the fucking Staley looked video? like a hostage. Oh yeah. If you saw yeah. his video, he looked like a hostage a little bit, but that's a charge. The hard, yeah. Well, the yeah, is charge. The hardest part is over. They are. Uh, they've done the video. It's all downhill from here. Um, <clears throat> Arthur Smith, most interesting hire to me, at least. Mm. Um, do you have a most interesting hire so far? Well, the Lions one, I was like, the fuck when it happened because we just hadn't heard any whispers that Dan Campbell, the um, Saints assistant coach slash tight ends coach. Um, so that was, that kind of like came out of left field, but that wasn't super surprising. Cause it's like the lions, the lions are like, just you know, it kind of just felt right. Um, solid. That was like Robert solid to the jets, super expected. Everyone's happy brings 
you know, LaFleur with him. Like it's, it, I, th- I feel like that was like universally praised and loved unless I'm wrong. Yeah. First of all, none of us know what the hell the hell any of these guys will do say that. So yeah, dude, it's like when people ask me, Hey, what should happen in Philly? You know, like, et cetera, et cetera. And you know, a lot of these coaches are like, I know Josh McDaniels. I know Deuce. Like I know two names, but like, cool. I'm not in the interview room. I don't know. And I also don't know what you're prioritizing. Exactly. Um, I would say the the Chargers one to me is the most interesting because everyone assumed, well, first of all, we all thought Brian Dable was going to get the job. Um, yeah. But McDermott's because, not really letting people uh, interview, I don't think, until they get through the playoffs. Yeah, which, well, haven't they, didn't they change that rule or did that just I think it's his after? personal preference that uh, he stays focused through at least the, you know, which whatever you think about that. I think Brian Dable would, would, he would have, golly, I would have loved that hire. I was pumped. I mean, on paper that made, first of all, Tom Telesco, the GM, the Chargers, him like know each other from childhood, apparently. Which makes a big difference in coaching. Um, Yeah. Apparently John Carroll university mattered more, which is where Brandon Staley and him went. Mm -hmm. Um, But you know, Herbert, exciting raw potentially big arm athletic quarterback you see what dable did with josh allen you see how inventive dable's been with that offense also how much he's progressed like we talk a lot about josh allen's development as a quarterback and how historically unprecedented it is but brian dable has gotten so much better as a play caller year to year to year so anyways all of that made it seem like a sure thing and and I thought the Chargers job was the best job um, for a multitude of reasons. So I, w- I was like, this is done. This is. Yeah. To me, going. it was the best job. Best job, boom. best job. Chargers, worst job. Eagles. No offense to my, my folks there. No, that's I mean, correct. like I well, probably, tech, the Texans well, Houston, would like a word. Yeah. Right, Houston's yeah. Probably worse. Cause if you're the GM or you're the head coach, you walk in your first day, you don't have a draft pick till late. You got money swept up and in, in guys like Tunsil, um, you're all out of whack. You have Jack Easterby running the search. You don't feel like, but Philly, the cap situation is quite opposite of what it is in, 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 in LA. And you, you've got quite a different quarterback situation. You don't know what the hell is going on. I thought Dable would be great in Philly. You know, it doesn't sound like that's the direction they're going because another live arm, big athletic quarterback, Carson's not as talented or as young or as raw as Josh was certainly not as malleable, um, but a guy that you need to like, Hey, pump the brakes and throw the fucking ball away. Sometimes like mm. that is what that guy needs. And also he needs a personality in that room. That's going to be like, Hey dude, let's break this bad habit. I know I'm coach number seven, but I'm the one to listen to. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I'm a little disappointed for Justin Herbert. And you tell me what you think about this. I just feel like if you have a young quarterback who everybody was like freaking out about his, how raw he was, how, how hard and Anthony Lynn mm. and those guys did a great job you know, Mm -hmm. to credit them, the game management is the problem. When you hire a defensive coordinator to run your team, he's going to have to hire an offensive coordinator that Herbert is likely going to make look, look great in three years. Right. Right. And that cycle is going to go on and on. And then what you're doing is you're putting that quarterback behind the eight ball because he has to learn from a new coach and a new scheme every time. For sure. Yeah. So we don't know yet who's going to be the OC in LA. Um, Shane Steichen and Pep Hamilton were there. They seem to be like kind of a team now. We were hearing them kind of associated with other spots. I thought maybe they would stay, um, but there was a report that I think Brand Saley tried to. He made it took a 
pass at uh, if I took a pass at made a run at uh, Kevin I O'Connell with like the rant. I don't know. I wouldn't even correct you. Passed a run. Um, but yeah, it's it's like a big question mark. And I mean, Justin Herbert, I already took huge L on him so much better than I thought he was in college. And mm-hmm. by the way, I'm now like I have no fucking clue with like those young raw quarterbacks, like after Herbert Allen, um, and there's I think we just all have to be better in the media. And I say, we, I'm barely a part of it. I have a podcast, so that's 50,000 people in the media now, but, um, I just feel like everybody I'm learning this game and the game is that we yell at everybody when they're wrong and we puff our chests out when we're right. And at some point with, with these young quarterbacks or young players, like we have to realize that even people have been doing it their whole life. It's 50, 50 it's roulette. And even if you get proven, right, you might not have known why you were right. Oh, so percent that, you yeah. know what I'm saying? So like, if, if now, if you're going to like pull up an old take, I need you to tell me why it was going to work too. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or else it's just 50, 50. And I, w- I'm not into skewering Love people it. about, Oh, you were wrong about, you know who I was really wrong about? Josh Allen, not the quarterback, Josh Allen, the defensive end in, Ooh. uh, and yeah. he's one of my favorites. I thought he had no shot at living up to his billing. Yeah, he's. Yeah, that's a whole. Um, I I actually thought he would be better. Than he <laughs> yeah, he's he's been good, but um, yeah, yeah no, I, quarterback evaluation is hard. And then the like quote unquote smart thing to say right now is it really depends where you land and the system that's put in place around you. But it's true. Clearly. It is true. It is true. Got Josh Allen. So um, with Herbert. It does. It's concerning. And I, I, that's, I'm surprised they went defensive for that very reason. Um, I really like Brandon Staley. Like everyone else, I was really impressed by what he did with the Rams defense, which we can talk about. You've probably talked about it a lot, but like when you go like, look, look at the playoff teams right now. Yes. Sean McDermott is a defensive coach, but he also just happened to land on like a, perfect offensive generational how often talent and a happen? coordinator to fix him exactly um and, but, and then has a gm who made like really brilliant moves particularly training for digs obviously but also drafting well so i don't know i and he's been a corner for one year i mean it's just talk yeah, about dude. an ascent yeah and the problem is on the way out the door and i hear tremendous things about him because you know i know like i still talk to a lot of those guys and yeah and they legitimately love him and you know it's one thing you know we're all tearing certain coaches down for their lack of experience and that sort of thing. And, and there's a whole nother conversation about the Rooney rule, which is, it's a very valid conversation. It should happen every time around this year until, until it's done equitably at the hiring level. But you know, some of these coaches who are greener, we just pile on them and you make a call and you're like, this guy's like, he's been coaching 20 years. You know, it's like, so um, I think the one thing that sucks for him is on the way out the door whether this was like a product of the adjustment and who they were playing, that defense looked very average to me uh, with Aaron at 65%. It, oh, changes, it changes everything. Dude, I, yes. Okay. I'm sorry. It like, well, no, but it's true. But like it, yeah. it, it sucks for him because it obviously didn't affect his, you know, his higher ability, but there is this like question and this is what he's going to be motivated to prove. Like, I don't need Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey to coach a top five defense. And I think he's going to have an opportunity with some of the personnel they have there. Yeah. I mean, they've got, you know, Bosa. And then of course, a ton of talent in that secondary. We'll see how Derwin James looks. It's a different system. I mean, those yeah. players like, um, you know, three, four to four, three, but you're right about Donald. And 
it doesn't take away from what we saw from that Rams defense during the season. I mean, the like complexity and sophistication of that secondary, like, you know, it's not just like having Jalen Ramsey on the field makes everything easier, but Holy shit. Darius Williams. Like I I liked him. I mean, Rams preseason, but dude was playing with like out of his mind. I mean, when you watch, I'm not like a second, I'm, you know, was not an NFL cornerback and I've only, I'm beginning to understand sort of the nuances of secondary play. And a lot of people have helped me shout out. You Dominic Foxworth. Yeah, I but dude, but I, when you watch the Rams defense, I'm like, Whoa, what's going on there? You know, yeah. in the secondary, like, Oh, like two dudes just passed out, you know? And, and that's certainly a credit to him, but you're absolutely right. Like I was really excited to watch the Packers offense um, against the Rams defense. I was yeah. pumped. And then like five minutes into that game, I was like, uh, Ooh, he's kind of getting whatever he wants right now. And then the second drive yeah. was like, Oh shit, they can't stop the, the run with a light box. Like the one of the Which things, their you whole hang, thing. yeah. Once you, one of the things you hang your hat on in LA is like, Hey, we can, we can, we can slow whoever down and we just do it with these four badasses up front. But when the head honchos at 65%, it changed everything. And that second drive, when they gave Williams the ball uh, inside, there was like a steady dose of that. And there was that sequence where they go cut back with Dylan and then they toss it to Aaron Jones and he stands on his head and stays up. You were just like, oh shit, they gave the Packers, well, they gave Aaron, ironically, everything he needed and pissed them off at the same time. Like, how do you do that in one fell swoop? These guys are, I don't know if it was intentional, but kind of genius. McCarthy gave him this. When AD went after Jenkins... Yeah. Uh, and you know, when Adam, I was like, Oh, he must be really frustrated, frustrated right now because he knows he can't do everything he's used to accustomed to doing. And the Packers, like their interior offensive line is already fucking awesome. Yeah. Like that's already one of the best trios in the league. Yeah. And you know, they lost Bakhtiari, but the inside and so it's already a great matchup, but then, you know, when you don't have Aaron Donald at hundred percent and suddenly you're green Bay and you already run the football really well. And now like they weren't even like using misdirection. They were just like, oh, they were baby. just running it up the gut. And I, 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 I joked about this in the first half Rogers was averaging like negative air yards per attempt. Cause he didn't have to, cause no, he was just he, like throwing little darts. Like, what, okay. And then at the end they're like, Oh, okay. Boom. Play action. Play action. Sorry, and you were waiting night. on that play action. Cause I saw yeah, you were the on the play action like, thing. But, um, yeah, it, it was, so it, it, you're right about Staley. Like, I, I, I don't think that it totally undermines everything he did there by any means, but it was a reminder that when you have that defense and in that three, four, when you have an, a generational talent, like Aaron Donald, it makes everything so much easier. Yeah. Um, and like he has very talented players in LA, so that's great. But yeah, Joe, Joey's great. He's got to stay healthy. And Ingram was hurt this year. So I don't know if that'll help out, you know, like his viability in the market as they look at it. True. You know, the secondary, the way you look at it, they got a lot of talent there. So I feel like the, they got all the makings of a really successful team. The thing that sucks for them the most is they are in Kansas City's division and that ain't changing. But I, I think if they can build around Justin, it's going to be a closer duel for years to come than we think. I mean, it already is like, um, so looking at Arthur Smith, who I guess the commonality here and to a lesser degree with, with Staley, because you think about defensively, it's not, is there one non quarterback? I'm trying to figure out how to ask this. Uh, is there one non quarterback who has affected the 
you know, the perception of what a coach will do more than Derrick Henry has, you know, like skeptics could sit here all day and be like, I just am, I'm gun shy about Arthur Smith because you've got this mutant playing running back. That's that just went for two K and changes the entire game. Every time he suits up, I don't know that I remember another coach that was trying to, to sell something that people were more skeptical about over one player Mm -hmm. that didn't play quarterback. With Arthur Smith, when did he become coordinator in Tennessee? He he was there with Mariota for like, I think a year. And okay, a year, I think yeah. the thing about Arthur in Tennessee, because I had these same questions, like what came first, chicken or the egg? Because Derrick Henry was not always a scary dude. He this was a big what dude. I always say to people when they're like, oh, Tannehill so dependent on Derrick Henry. I'm like, eh, contraire, mon frere. Did well, you they watch bo- this? Yeah. They <laughs> I mean, both, they help each other. They help each other. I, I think this is a situation where everybody helped everybody because when you look at, mm-hmm. like when you talk to guys down there, it's like Mariota. Okay. So why weren't they as dominant, dominant with Mariota? Well, obviously one Mariota is limited Two, Mariota's game. Wasn't best suited out of shotgun and in the passing game mm-hmm. and him and um, Derek Henry did not pair well, which is a real thing. Like it just schematically it didn't pair well. It wasn't personal or anything. It was like the perfect storm. You know, you got these two big receivers, these two bigger body receivers. You've got tight ends that want to block. Um, you, you've got Tannehill who such a reclamation. I don't know anybody's brand in the NFL that's done a bigger 180 on the Nelson field. Nelson Aguilar. <laughs> yeah, dude, Nelson, who might be worth too much in, in Vegas and they might not be able to re-sign him now. Crazy. I know. And I love it. I love Nelson. I'm happy for him. Yeah. Um, but but I can't think of another player. And I think that's the big question, mm -hmm. you know, like, do you think not only is this like, this is the Russian roulette of guys we never heard of at one point who were on staff in Washington, like who's going to be one coach too late here because he was in Mm -hmm. Washington with Joe Gibbs for two years, Tennessee for 10. Yeah. Tennessee for 10, like reminds me of Stefanski was in the building longer than anybody realized. Like Kevin Stefanski was, was in there longer than Zimmer. I totally underestimated. I liked the hire cause he, I was like, this guy seems competent when yeah. Cleveland hired him. He's everyone likes him. He's not, you know, he's like a normal coach. He's not and like I a hardo. Like, I like all the Shanahan coaches. Like I like that kind of offense. And I think this is the right fit for this quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. But, but coming out of Minnesota, I was like, that's Kubiak's offense. The fuck did Stavansky do? Mm-hmm. And I was clearly the student surpassed the teacher in many ways based on what we saw out of those two offenses this year. I mean, Cleveland has a much better offensive line, which is of course fundamental to running that scheme, but, and the bat they've got the two headed monster, but still like I had no idea. And it really, to me was a reminder that when it comes to evaluating NFL coaching staffs, often <clears throat> Philly, you have no idea who's the brains <laughs> yeah. behind any operation <laughs> and who's, you know, who's running the show yeah. and who's yeah. good and who deserves credit. And then, all we can do is look at it from the outside and say, that's the scary thing, man. It really is. And when you look at this, this is like kind of a scary situation. Also an interesting note about him. I perked up for a second when I was reading his bio, I had no idea he played at UNC me and him damn near played each other. Wait, fact, Arthur, we, Arthur Smith was a walk on O-lineman at UNC, bro. What? Yeah, <laughs> Nicholas yeah. Cage? Nicholas Cage, Nicholas Cage was out there as P- credit PFT. Wait, Nicholas- is like he was two eighty three. He was two eighty three. Went to Georgetown. How tall Pro. is he? He doesn't. I think he's kind of tall. What? Oh yeah. See, God. like, there's one. Like Dan Orlovsky, 
unexpected tall guy. Oh, well, he, that's not, he's crazy tall. He's like a giraffe though. Yeah. When you he see him in the full shots, when you see him, my wife was in with me the other day. She's like, geez, he's a very tall person, huh? Like when they went to the, floor, I was like, yeah, dude, he looks like slender man. I mean, <laughs> I, is, is he like six, five or six, six? He's taller than me. He's gotta be. He's I'm really just tall. judging him off the set. I mean, he's, he's a big cat. Anyways, Arthur yeah. Smith, same way. You'd be shocked. You'd be really shocked. Shockingly tall. Yeah. I, also, I get that a lot, actually, kids. by the way. I get I people always tell me I'm taller in real life. How tall are you? I fucking love. Um, I'm five seven. You almost. are tall in real life. <laughs> yeah, and then usually like if I'm in public or whatever, I'm wearing heeled shoes. So I'm like yeah. five ten plus. So then they think people are like, what? Because I know. think when I see you at like an SB's party, I'm drunk and I'm just like, uh, I, I'm not gauging how tall people are. I don't think I project height energy. Height also. energy. Yeah. But another thing is a positive for Arthur Smith that's uh, um, unorthodox. One of 10 kids. And I had no idea. Also, if you've read this this week, son of a billionaire. Have you read that? I knew that. Yeah. But I didn't I, even think billionaires had 10 kids anymore. That's what I'm saying. Right. What's going on there? Also, the rule of being one of 10 kids is one of the 10 kids has to be exceedingly like successful and well-known. That's just a rule. And I don't know of any of the other Arthur Smith siblings that have like made it to the big time. So mm. this is a good hire. I feel like by the law of one in 10, one in well, 10, you only one in 10 can be successful. Well, like, like famous successful. I'm not talking about successful. I'm talking about famous. And one of 10 has to be like, really? messed up it's, it's like rule. uh chickens yes it's the rule of stephen saying? adams stephen adams is like one of 20 kids really yeah 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 what? that that makes sense actually what? so i guess the real football question is who gets the biggest who's the happiest arthur smith is down there besides maybe the obvious matt ryan matt i ryan. guess matt ryan's probably very happy you know i'm like a matt ryan stan right have we talked like i irrationally defend him to the ends of the earth I love Matt Ryan. I love Matt Ryan. I just love him. And also I've really, I've like loathed watching the Falcons offense the last two years. I've been so angry every time I watch him. So I'm so, I was just so happy for him that they hired a competent offensive coach. I'm just thrilled. It's like a lifeboat for him. Um, and it's also, I think for Julio as well. If you like look at what Arthur has done really well up there oh. and, um, in Tennessee after I texted a buddy and I was like, Hey, what do you like about Arthur Smith? He's like, well, you know, he's a grinder and he's a son of a billionaire. I was like, hadn't heard that one yet. Give me something else. And they were like, dude, you know, this, cause I've heard you talk about the red zone. Like that's what they're yes. great at. And that's what you down there. You've got this spectacular receiver. Who's kind of fallen by the wayside a little bit, relatively speaking, because they, he can't get the ball in the end zone. You know, my theory about this is that Julio Jones struck some sort of like pact with a witch where he's the best wide receiver and ever known between the twenties. Yeah. And it's I like, okay, I'm going to make you a centaur. You're going to be faster <laughs> than everyone, stronger than everyone, incredible hands. Absolutely. But once you get inside the 20, you are <laughs> fucked. And I, I thought this year, the Tennessee, like red zone is not consistent year to year. This is yeah. weird. like if you like when we look for signs that a team is going to regress, one is like, oh, they were like a 90% in the red zone. Yeah, it's not happening. It happened again with Tennessee. I know. So that to me is just speaks to, I mean, look, it helps having Henry and Tannehill, both who are a threat 
to, you know, having a mobile quarterback, having good offensive line, having good back, but he's a good coach, man. I mean, they do crazy shit down there all the time. He's so good at scheming guys open. So if anyone can help Maddie and Julio, I feel like it would be him. Should be fun. Should be fun. Um, how about this weekend? Which matchup to you is going to look the the most different? Because you've got repeat matchups. Um, and on one side, I guess to answer my own question, sure. Tampa, they're like a totally different team. But does that mean that because they're better, they're going to win 48 to 6? Like, no. 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 Green Bay's... That was such a weird... So I went back and watched both these games. Good, me too. I love it. I love this. The Green Bay one's like a total aberration, I feel like. Like, Tampa just kicked their asses up front. Um, and Rodgers, like, just went... I, who was I talking to about this? Um, I, I was taking a pod earlier today with um, Sam Monson, and I was like, I don't I feel like Sue got in Rodgers' head or something when you watched it, because he was killing yeah. them. And Rod, it was just such an error and characteristic game from what we've seen from Aaron Rodgers this season. Um, I do think Tampa's defense matches up pretty well with Green Bay because of the speed they have at linebacker. Um, God, the whole first quarter was like like playing the toss porn. It was Devin White. Yeah. Just like, just night. I mean, they ran perimeter runs like four times. And that's why he made such a big difference coming back this week. You know, we talk about New Orleans and New Orleans and losing Quan and then Devin coming back. It was like the great equalizer in the middle of the field. Oh, interesting. I just feel like. Gronk's a different guy. You know, Gronk looks different running around. Um, AB, who's hurt uh, and somehow became like a quiet member of a football team, has looked different. So Tom looks different. The offense looks different. Who do you, who do you actually have winning? You know, it's going to be more competitive. I mean, we've kind of in, in, inferred that. Yeah. Um, I still lean Green Bay, or I do lean Green Bay. It is, they're the favorite. What is it, three? three Four. And a half. I got it at four because I like Tampa so much. I put the mortgage on Tampa Sunday there. I mean, I was, I was like team Brady. I thought for a second, I thought for a second, Brady made one of those witch deals with like where the, the punchline is he can't beat Drew Brees. In the I same. mean, Tom Brady didn't fucking do anything in that game. No, all but, he did was just, yeah, but, but Drew Brees um, did a lot less. I know. And that, we were talking earlier about like the, I was right. And I was wrong. I was like at the beginning of the saints fans have been going after me. Cause all season I said, this defense is elite, but at the very end of the season, Brees is going to do the same thing he's done the last three years. And as I was watching it, I didn't feel the self like gratification I expected. You felt bad. I just felt bad. It was really hard to watch the like third turnover. I was like, ah. I think that green Bay is going to win because I think the Packers offense is just absolutely rolling right now. I think they're clicking away that Tampa Bay's offense is not. And while I think the bucks defense is slightly more talented across the board, um, I think that the Packers pass rush seems to be peaking at the right time. How about Rashawn Gary coming out of nowhere? Yeah, and, like, yeah. It's the thing about young pass rushers, man, like, especially a kid like him who seemed like he was just kind of, he had a little bit of, like, you know, sometimes we say grown up to do, we're talking about a kid who's a shithead. He's, it wasn't a, he just had to mature a little bit, you know, and, and there is like, he's walking into a room where there's a lot of good players. Um, 
And it just takes a year. Sometimes it takes two years sometimes. And he has yeah. been coming into his own and, and I love Zadarius Smith. Like there's, an, well, he's I, just, it's so just so consistent machine, dude. And Ooh, this is the game where also, so the bucks lost. So the whole thing, with Blaze, right? um, well, so they lost the guard. So they, it's a, they got like a practice squatter who's been playing guard. Aaron Stinney is his name. So yeah. Well, Stinney says, went yeah. to my high school. Did you know that? What? Really? Yeah, dude. We don't get a lot of guys in the league. Is this another one? You're, uh, so if, Aaron, if you're listening, I'm not. Now I'm worried. That it's another. He doesn't. It's his first wanna... start in the playoffs, and Tom Brady's yelling at him. <laughs> false start. He actually did fine. It's just that, like, it's just gonna be. It's just gonna be a, a wild ride when that's the situation you're kind of throwing. He had off like a false start or something, and and Brady was upset. And uh, I don't know if it was Collinsworth who was calling the game. I can't remember, but the first, that's the first St. Anne's Belfield kid that ever got yelled at by Tom Brady. I'm proud to say Tom never yelled at me. So well, he was like, Tom Brady doesn't like, you know, he doesn't like the false starts. It's like, nobody likes false nobody starts. Likes what quarterbacks start. like, Hey, it's okay, man. I don't mind. Yeah. Do that <laughs> you know, again next quarter. Anyways, this is not the game where you want a backup guard, backup, backup guard against fucking Kenny Clark. No. And he had a, he had a really nice game the first time and the Packers, their pressure rate was, I think their best all season. Um, So they're, they're coming into their own. That having been said, I am taking the bucks. I already, I already got the bucks on the books. To me, Green Bay wins the Super Bowl if the bucks are are not around at this point. You know, I, I really think it's that much of a matchup thing and I could be dead wrong. Um, The conversation we just had about, you know, the media and being wrong and right. So don't kill me. But I think, I think Tampa wins this game. And then on the other mm-hmm. side of things, I don't know what to expect. Okay. My theory on Pat is the choke out theory. I have really substantive reason to believe that. Oh, what happened to him? Carotid artery. He was out. It was weird. He, he wasn't, he wasn't concussed. Now you can get a concussion without hitting your head on the ground. Cause if you saw it, like he didn't hit his head on the ground. I think, you know, like when you're looking at that, you're either looking at a situation where his brain hit the front of his skull or whatever. I'm no fucking doctor, but that can happen without hitting your head. Needless to say, I do hear though, that it was a carotid artery thing. I think he's going to be fine. So if he's fine, how do you, how do you see this thing play out? So assuming he plays, if he doesn't play, just, you know, don't watch anything is possible though. (laughs) I was trying to make Henny Given Sunday happen, and then Mahomes big timed me with anything is possible. I think Henny, Henny Given, Given Sunday, Sunday is way better, Pat Mahomes. Better. So Patrick, Patrick, Patrick. Sorry, bro. He's a fucking. He's a legend. I'm not gonna call him the wrong name. H- Henny Given Sunday. Anyways. I think Henny Given Sunday is better. I think so too. I was gonna Photoshop him, which for me is just Microsoft Paint because I don't know how you use Photoshop. Um, onto Willie B. But then I was like, this might be weird because I'm, you know, and for no reason I didn't do it. But I'd like um, to see it, you know, like if you have to share it with somebody, you just show me. <laughs> I'm totally cool with it. Um, you want to know a fucked up thing after this weekend? Nobody feels worse than for me than Aaron or for Aaron than me because I still see like a rookie, you know, like even though he's the baddest man on the planet. Oh, when he, he was such, crying. He's such a good dude, man. And you know, like guys cry after games sometimes, like usually you make it to the locker room maybe, but when I was watching him cry, I was thinking about, I did a background reporter. I did a story on Jalen Ramsey and um, he cried his first year in the league. Do you remember? So Jacksonville was losing to fucking Detroit and Ramsey was on the sideline just yeah. crying and people were roasting him. And so then I interviewed him. I'm like, uh, were you embarrassed? He's like, no, I mean, I'm not going to do it. I love him, by the way. Yeah. He's like, no, he's like, 
he's like, it's not my fault. We were losers. And I cared more than everyone else. And I was like, God, I fucking love you. It's but the I most defensible even, position. Like we suck totally so bad. Is. It was so hurtful but, to me that I shed tears on the field. But I was like, these two dudes just really care. Like, this is and the that's, truth, man. that's why they're amongst like the freaking best player. Like, to ever play to ever play yeah they're unbelievable so um, ever play. so i actually like the bills oh i was gonna say about patrick um and this is i think a case for the bills i'm gonna decide within like the first i respect that you don't have to give me a prediction today we have all week plus there's okay. weather i'm doing but I'm, I'm i'm picking the chiefs but i'm also when i watch the game i feel like it's one of those games where we're gonna know in the first like the first Chiefs drive, mm-hmm. um, if the Bills have a chance, because first I think the Bills offense matches up really well with the Chiefs defense. We can talk yeah. about that, but um, Patrick. So bef- it's to me not just like a one and zero thing about whether he plays. He hurt his foot, and yeah. as as much as a killer as he is in pocket, out of pocket, whatever. I can't get out of my mind watching him after he came back from the ankle last year and seeing how much his game was affected by his lack of mobility. Like there was a, a four or five game stretch. There was a month. Yeah. Last season where everyone's like, wow, teams, the killer to play Patrick Mahomes is man coverage. It's like no or, hyper, or, or dislocating his knee. Yeah. Right. Like he can't, he, he can't do Patrick Mahomes things. And um, like the last time. So when I went back and watched the last time, the, Bills played the Chiefs. They like did not blitz him once. They just sat back there and they were like, run the ball, please. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the best approach generally when you play Patrick Mahomes. But if he's gimpy, I think the Bills pass rush, which also is uh, better as the season's gone on, can get after him a little bit. So we're going to see sure. really quickly if they can. They sure have. And I, I love you, you're standing for the right people here, Mina, as a pass rusher, because, you know, Jerry Hughes, you mentioned. Oh uh, yeah. Jerry Hughes you mentioned. It's Baltimore. Yo. Who's one of the most underappreciated rushers of the last eight to ten years. What did you think about my theory? It's because he's named Jerry. It, so Jerry's just don't get any any What if his name was like uh, what if he had like a badass name? Like, I don't know. Wolf Blitzer. <laughs> Wolfgang. Wolf Blitzer's a, a Bills fan too. See how that works? Oh out? shit, I love that. Okay. So I was like, Jerry Hughes needs a cool nickname. And then maybe people would pay more attention to him, but it's crazy. Cause he's been like the only dude in Buffalo forever, just quietly you know, racking has. up like double digit sack seasons. The, the uh, bridge between him and how about, do you remember? He was one of my favorite rushers was Aaron Schobel. Uh, oh my God. Like there was the Aaron Schobel. And then there was like a dead period for a couple of years with Mario Williams. But Jerry Hughes has been like one of the most consistent pressure and disruption guys in the league for a long time. And so I loved him getting home on that big stage because he's waited a long time, you know, like the, the, the Kyle Williams yeah. farewell, the Jacksonville 10 to seven game or whatever. Nobody was watching that. This was his chance. Like not just the two sacks, the, the, the throw he affected that allowed them to get that pick yeah. six, the very next play. Like, like he just really deserved that. You know what I'm really impressed on the D-line front? You got through this whole thing without bringing up Vita Vey. Let's talk about him. I'm worried though, because he's coming. I mean, that dude's like, you know, 800 pounds. Yeah, and he's a big cat, dude. <laughs> he's coming back. And I didn't think he would come back this season. It was fractured ankle, right? I don't remember what it Some was. Some kind of injury where I was like, 800 pound person should not be walking on that. And <laughs> you should injure the top part of the chain at some point. They're not the My understanding of human biology. Yeah. And so I'll, 
all of a sudden you start seeing these reports like Vietnamese has been cleared to return. And I was like, what? Right. I was actually really impressed by how the Bucks defense is held up without him because yeah. you're talking about like, are you one of the best defensive tackles in the game? And to potentially have him back against Green Bay of all teams where yeah. you, you know, on first and second down, it's so important. But I don't know if he'll look a hundred. Yeah. yeah. What's a, a storyline that you've been tired of this week? going into these big games which one's overblown going into these big games let me think that's I think on the just, spot so take your time yeah no generally like Brady. i don't like quarterback versus like brady versus breeze is or not breeze pardon me well that was overblown last week yeah brady, brady versus rogers to me it's like much more i don't know there's no interleague play like like everybody's like he just his first year in the nfc i'm like i just noticed now like i really i just watched the yeah, games okay i don't care that he's never been in the nfc playoffs so i do i do think that's a little bit um blown out of proportion i would say that um just like yeah generally with the bucks too i think i don't know there's a lot of i feel like people put too much emphasis on like we know kind of who tom brady is if you don't pressure him he's awesome Especially know. at this age, I mean, I don't know yeah. who expected a like an MVP candidate like this year. I don't like if you expected an MVP candidate for 17 weeks out of Tom Brady. That's not like you were you hadn't watched football. It's like he's a still a good quarterback who still throws some really nice balls and is a field general and a, a leader and that type of thing. Even though he yelled at somebody against Chicago, I know. Um, people freaked out about that. He's not going to be a guy who carries a team. Like this was supposed to be a dream team. They weren't supposed to win the division. They were supposed to be a wild card berth. It played out exactly as we thought. And they're here. I don't know, man. They're just so sloppy. That's the only thing that worries me on one of their scoring drives last week. There was like Fournette runs the wrong way on a counter. You have a drop, you have a false start. And then, you know, you have to burn a timeout. Like Tom is losing his mind down there. You know what I mean? I feel like does anyone run the wrong way on counters more than <laughs> yeah, Leonard Ford? I'm not even like a run game specialist, and I especially in real time. But I'm like you with the wrong way. Yo, I really I like Leonard it. Fournette because he is the most normal human being. Like, I think he's so funny. He's so I think he's hilarious. So he he just he's so every man to me because it seems like he fucks every man shit up. Like he's yes, hundred percent, undeniably a good player. Undeniably yeah, he, talented. He had nice hands though in that game in um the Saints game. About time I, I, somebody catches the ball out of the backfield there. For Brady, yeah, yeah, they're the high variance team. Like I think with every other team, we kind of know what we're getting. I, the Bucks. That's why I don't think Green Bay wanted to play them. I think they would have. I mean, obviously they got their asses kicked by them in the season, but I think they would much would have rather played New Orleans, even though. Oh, New Orleans they would have heated them up. Well, they've got a better defense, but yeah. you know, they 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 know what they're getting. They know Breeze's you know limitations. Whereas the Bucks, they they get hot at the wrong time on yeah, or they can completely immolate and. You know what the Bucks need to do is their coaches need to blindfold them. And and not show them the play the uh, the scoreboard so they don't know it's the first quarter ah, because yeah they are the worst first quarter offensive football team I've ever seen. The Bucks to be as are good as are. so Tampa. Yeah, I mean, just the identity of like I don't want to look the Bucks in the eye when I walk by them on the street. That's how I feel about this team. <laughs> you good man. Yeah, like, you guys, whoa, good. Whoa, whoa. Have you been asleep all? Have you been whoa. awake all night? Like, Every time they cut to Arians, I'm so worried about him. <laughs> He's just been him. progressively redder as the season goes along, and I feel like his mask is getting smaller. He gets and the old setup. I know. 
And Legitimately it, didn't know it was him for a couple of I don't know what's ago. going on. I've been thinking that it's overblown that Kansas City... Well, I did not think it was overblown that Kansas City plays everybody close. Mm. Uh, I was thinking that was a real problem. Am I being... Am I falling for the okey-doke with that take that, you know, like... No. I just no. feel like you're you're playing Russian roulette here a little bit. Well, I think during the regular, first of all, I think they would have um, stomped the Browns if Patrick had stayed in. They when they I came had, out on that first drive. I, yeah, you had yeah. I had the over, and I also had Browns first half. Okay, I don't know if you I, did. I tell you I had Browns first half, and that. Oh fun- yes, right because um, gosh, wait, how did you say that to me the other day? I was talking about something in that game and it came up can't remember oh no you you said you said everybody cared about the the end zone rule and i was like well some people just cared about the first half plus seven that rule um and the over but so anyways after the first drive the the first chiefs drive i was like they've been messing around all season like you know a dog playing with a bug like in the Mm -hmm. bugs the nfl they're the chiefs it was me all call an ambulance i love that guy (laughs) but um find that guy but then you know so i think there's a bit of that but there are problems with the team that explain the close games that go beyond andy reed fucking around and like you know having patrick mahomes line out wide and run rats um like there's weird things like they're the defense is deeply flawed Pass defense, not just the run defense, has issues. Um, love Chris Jones, but uh, aside from him in that front seven, guys, different games. Sometimes you get Frank Clark, sometimes you don't. You know, um, linebacking groups kind of mixed too. And then, and then the secondary, aside from again Matthews, there's issues. And like you've got Bucker, who's like misses extra points randomly. Like there's things like He's that. Got a, I'm gonna miss a big kick name. Some <laughs> kickers have. Some kickers too, have he, names that you know that are okay. going to go out of history at some point. He's too handsome. Is Bucker handsome? Look him up right now. And not that I'm going to really and get like back to me. Somebody's handsome, I guess. But yeah, but I'm just kind of like 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 y'all like all women like Leonardo DiCaprio. I could not tell Leonardo DiCaprio is handsome. Okay, but you're going to look at this picture and you're going to get it immediately. Like he dresses up to get off the plane. I'm like, you're the kicker. Oh, can't be that. Right. I'm like, I mean, this, see, this guy see, looks like he's nine Oh two one Oh handsome. Right. See, you know, like, but, but a kicker, the, this guy, I mean, he, he'd be on one of the Laguna beach it. shows. But he's like slick too. He's wearing like designer clothes walking out. And I'm like, I just, it doesn't, I'm just like, this is celebrates a lot. You don't want your kicker looking too slick is a feeling by the way, how a fucking Andy Reed. Just compared to, oh, compared to all these like cowardly ass punts we had over the last two weeks. Andy Reid's like, oh, Andy <laughs> Reid's. I'm gonna line my backup quarterback and shotgun. Yeah, Stones. Yeah, I mean, Jesus, how Andy does that guy Reed walk? Stands, dad, balls in the wheelbarrow. And then when they showed him like trudging across the field with this little weirdo napkin mask, I was just like, mm-hmm. God, I fucking love this. He's a legend. They beat. They ran the the clock out on the Bucks the same way. Sprint right option early in the year, I think. Um, they finished the Bucks game that same way, and they just they're just so so ballsy. So, anyways, Mina Kimes, thank you so very much, dude. Uh, great having you on, as always. Good luck with your bets. Good luck with your spindrift. Thank you. I'll pray for you. I'm feeling really good about it. Yeah. All right. Take care. Have a good night, dude. Thanks so much. I appreciate it. The return we've all been waiting for is finally here. UFC's most notorious icon is stepping back into the octagon this Saturday. Be sure to check out DraftKings Sportsbook. 
the official sports betting partner of the UFC for a shot to turn $1 into $257. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code GREENLIGHT when you sign up to turn $1 into $257 if McGregor wins by knockout in the first round. Place your bet and watch the fists fly this weekend. That's code GREENLIGHT for new players to get $257 if McGregor wins by first-round knockout for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older in New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. Bonus comprised of first deposit bonus and first bet match. Each up to $500 deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. So, as I said, always great talking to Mina. Um, now, Calvin and I, we talked earlier today from his grow, from his facility, like legal uh, bud heaven, dude. He took me around. Uh, it looked like the Pineapple Express basement, you know, <laughs> without uh, without the secretive uh, aspect. Um and he's somebody who seems really passionate about it. So one of the things that comes with that is there, there's a lot of buzzing, there's a lot of machinery, uh, there's a lot of, of noises in the background. Uh, so bear with us. Uh, but this is like, this is 60 minutes shit. This is like, I feel like a correspondent. I'm talking to one of the, the greatest players of all time at his grow facility. It was cool. So sit back, relax and enjoy Calvin Johnson. Josh Brown for a 54-yard attempt. Ryan Neal to snap. Donnie Jones will put it down. It will come from the right hash. Snap is back. It's a fake. They hand it to Donnie. He throws down the field. Daniel Fells, 25-20. Being chased, 15-10-5. Touchdown, big fella. Daniel Fells breaks the tackle, goes in from 36. And I do believe that might be Josh Brown's first ever touchdown pass in the NFL. So I want to take you back, memory lane here, 2009, week nine, November 1st. Do you remember losing because of a fake field goal at home against the Rams? Because we went 1-15, and and had we lost that game to you guys, we would have been 0-16 the year after you guys went 0-16. We went on a a Daniel Fells fake Mm. field goal, a 38-yard touchdown. Wow, I should remember that like, vividly. You, you I just have you just. I should remember that vividly. I have, have to go look this up now. I really got to go look this you up. You just have you just have terrible <laughs> memories just buried deep. <laughs> you just suppressed it all. But that's what you do. You bury those things. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you do. You put a shell around it. There 100%. is a, a stressful element of being on losing football teams for a long time. Your ad- adrenaline is just zapped. When I went to see a doctor after I retired, they were like, "Dude, you're you're just fried." Like. You've been obviously stressed, like your neurology has changed because of the stress that losing put on you. Not just the stress of playing football, but the losing, man. I mean, yeah, it's all kind of stressors, you know, you know, the stress of, you know, the weight of the team on your shoulders, the stress of losing, you know, putting everything that you got into it and, 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 and not seeing the fruit of your labor, you know, all that. Yes, 100%. I'm not going to make this all about how bad the Lions are, but I do want to ask you, if you could change one thing in Detroit that you think was like the butterfly effect organizationally what would it be was it a hire was it you know letting one player go was it or just the like a lot of bad teams just a bunch of stuff i think that usually it just boils down to the culture of the team yeah um you really and that starts at the top and that's and i i i 
crossover to what we're doing here in cannabis because it's all about building a team and having the culture so that you know everybody i mean everybody can can speak their mind and have a place and feel and feel feel like they have a place to grow within but at the same time we hold everybody uh, passionately accountable you know and, and when everybody sees that everybody's treated fairly treated the same and has high expectations everybody has expectations you know um we, we, we can grow together yeah i also think like to a degree, and I've said this before, like when I got lucky and made it out and got on good teams, like one of the hardest things for me was expecting to win. Like, you know, like when we were down 28-3 in the Super Bowl, people are always like, you just, you had to know. You looked around the locker room, you saw Tom Brady, you had to know, like all that bullshit. It's not true because when you've spent a decade in an environment like that, you learn to think like a loser. Even if you're not a loser, you handle your business individually. You're going to win your matchup. But as far as the things you can't control around you, you are conditioned to think, what's going to go wrong next? You're laughing because I think you know what I'm talking about. It's so funny. Like you say, I mean, there's, a, there's, an, there's an individual aspect to the sport. You know, it's, it's upon you to be the best that you can be to help your team. You know, and, and you doing that, you know, you're helping your team. But at the same time, you know, being conditioned to lose, you're almost like, oh, shoot. You know, you are you might be winning by 10 points in the fourth quarter. You're like, oh. Shoot. You can feel it. You know, you're, you're like, oh, shoot, here, something's coming. Like, there's something about you. You just have that, that, that angst there always, you know, and it's it, it kind of never, yeah, you're right, man. When, when, you, when you lose a lot, it's always there. It's always there. And I, and I don't know if you read these articles. I read an article this week that said Detroit was going to get this thing right this time around. Okay, I've, I've read that article for 15 years, right? I'm sure you have. <laughs> with, with every hire, and I know it's hard because, like, listen, we're judging certain coaches like – and they're walking into situations that are really messed up. I don't think Detroit's that far off. What do you think of the Dan Campbell talk uh, at this point on Tuesday, mid-afternoon, early afternoon? Man, you know, I, I don't want to put all that on Dan, but, I mean, that's, this is what he's going into. I hope that if, he, if they do hire Dan, I really hope that they do get it right because I'm a fan of Dan. I play with Dan. I know what he, I know what he brings uh, personally. I've seen him in the trenches. And, um, you know, I, I've seen him as a coach. You know, I, I know that the players will gravitate to somebody that, that, has, that has been in their shoes and it wasn't that, that long ago that he was there, you know. So um, for him to elevate to where he is now, you know, speaks volumes, volumes about himself. And I wish him much, much success. Knowing him, having played with him, having seen him coach, what's like one quality you might think that will – yeah, I think a lot of times people don't understand that certain qualities are disqualifiers for coaches, like poor communicators – you know, not being straight up, like little things like that. What's one quality that will make Dan Campbell work? I think that, you know, 100% what you said, communication, um, you know, not being straight up with your players. Yes, you can lose a guy like that. And I, I'm hoping that, that Dan Campbell, that, that Dan, if he's the coach, that he brings that, that to the table. But I think that, you know, his one, his perseverance, I mean, he's been there on 16. You know, we're on that same field. Yeah. Um, he's, I've seen him grind through injuries, you know, and still come back. Um, and, and continue to play through those injuries just to help his team. He didn't have to be out there, you know. They, I mean, a lot of guys if they have, have injuries, they won't be out there. But that's just how you know that prior generation was raised. We were raised, and you just go out there and just grind it out, no matter what you got, you know, holding you down. And he was that guy out there with one with with, with one arm, you know, playing tight end, you know, yeah. in the NFL. So when they blocked, that, when they know, blocked, it, yeah, exactly. When they used it to, means even harder when he got to block guys yeah. like you. You know, yeah. that's even harder. So. Yeah. So, you know, um, that's, that's what I saw from him, the perseverance, the grind, the guts, 
um, all of that. So I, that's why I think that the guys will respect the heck out of him. Um, I just hope that he puts a good squad of coaches around him. Yeah, that's the key, right? I mean, delegating and knowing how to delegate because I feel like some of these these really good coaches can't get out of their own way and hire guys that will that will you know Amen. cover their 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 bases. I think that's one of the biggest mind fucks of coaching. The higher you you rise in the coaching ranks, your ego probably gets bigger, but you need to yep. delegate more. So. Yep. Um, you know who could block his ass off was Pettigrew because he had long arms, okay? Pettigrew, Some people didn't yeah. respect his blocking ability, bro, but as a short-arm defensive end, I hated playing that guy, random aside. <laughs> okay, so one thing I noticed about you, and I really respect this, man, and we never really talked, so I, I never got to tell you, but there's a lot of people, you have a great case to be bitter as fuck, and you have a great case to, to wear that on your sleeve, and you have a great case to hate the Lions and all this stuff. <laughs> Like, you're so chill about hating the Lions. You're so at peace with who, you know what I mean? Like, like, and I, tr I aspire to be the same way about my regrets as a player, or things that happened to me that I didn't have any control over, like the organization you played on, that sort of thing. Like, one, how do you do that? Is it, is it easier because you've won individually at everything you've done? And I'm not trying to make that seem easy. But also, do you ever consider like, what about all the dudes that got fucked over in organizations like ours and never got the success and the financial security that you got and that I got to a much lesser degree, but you know what I mean? I mean, 100% dude, I can't even lie. I mean, all of that, I mean, that success, that, that, that security, you know, that plays a part in it. You know, I've been able to, you know, create a platform where I'm able to do other things. And obviously that's not at the top of my mind. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to go back to anybody that that's came in and dug in my pockets for no reason, really. I mean, as far as I, I mean, I, I might see where they're coming from, but you just don't do that to, to your best players, you know, no. especially, you know, you just don't do that, especially when you come in for the, what they, what they came for. That's just more petty at that point. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, for me, you know, like I said, I got other things to focus on. I got a family. Yeah. I got a whole business, you know, that we're trying to run. We got all these things going on. And I mean, yeah, of course, I love to go back and help the Lions and give my, you know, opinion and, and expertise to the guys that are coming. Because I, I, like, I, I talk to those guys anyway, you know, but I love to be able to, 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 to do that for those guys. And like I do with everybody else, whether it's college kids, high school kids, yeah. or guys in the league, everywhere else, you know. Um, not, but they don't deserve that right now. I mean, honestly, you know, I mean, for what, what will happen, I, I, it just doesn't make sense for me to go back and, 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 and do anything for somebody that's done that for me. So who was a guy in Detroit that you felt like Detroit ate up and spit out that could have been a lot better somewhere else? Man. Um, yeah, you're like, I mean, how much time we got do you a, have? <laughs> we got a lot of running. <laughs> I mean, I, th I think about we had a lot of running backs coming through there, you know, that I felt like really had some juice. You know, but maybe they might not have got some play time because maybe there's somebody else in front of them. Mm -hmm. You know, you got a job at best. You got a Reggie Bush. You know, you got those guys that they're they're they're, they're highly coveted. Yeah. You know, so it's hard to get PT in front of those guys because I mean they're paid so much to be on the field. You know, but we had like a you know Dio Riddick of Notre Dame. Yeah. Man, I mean, I mean, dude had juice, but he just didn't get to see the field as much as he did. But I mean, when he saw the field, I felt like he he performed. But you know, he more saw the field more so on special teams and oftentimes. Gives a third down back coming out the backfield catching the ball, but um, you know, I mean, it's, I ain't gonna go down the list, man. I feel like I'm dogging the dudes out. No, I know, yeah, yeah, no. I, I, but I look back and I think about guys that people have never heard of in St. Louis, and I'm like, if he, and this is the only time I ever feel jealousy when I see a kid get drafted to a good team in a good environment. I'm like, fuck you, man. 
<laughs> like, no, I'm happy for you, but fuck you. Like, like Antoine Winfield Jr., great player. Love watching him oh, play. Yeah. He's been yeah. like he plays like a ten year mm-hmm. vet. He he like also dead. walked <laughs> in the yeah he also walked in the perfect situation to bring oh, that yeah. out and then like so many good players there and yeah. I think that like people underestimate when you're drafted to a bad team sometimes the forces around you it's not automatic that you're going to succeed like you you'd succeed anywhere but there's a lot of people that are in the middle that might could use the bump from being on a good well, team you know I mean speaking sorry let's speak about you know and go back to um Winfield Jr. you know for instance like if you are um you're a DB and you have a great offensive line or defensive line, you're forcing that quarterback that to get some air and grows out and get that ball out, you know, quicker. So, yeah. you know, you're not covering as long, but if your offensive line isn't as good, then you're exposed. How about Matt Stafford? Cause I love Matt Stafford. I know you, you've, you've got a lot of respect for Matt. And if he plays in green Bay, and this is not a slight on Aaron, cause he's the best quarterback I've ever seen. <laughs> well, Brady's the, the go, but if Matt Stafford plays in green Bay, and Aaron plays in Detroit. Do either of them have rings? Oh, man. You know, man. Oh, <laughs> I man. got you good on that one. Man, why are you so mean? Nah, man, you don't <laughs> me out here like this, man. No, nah, put it like this. I mean, yeah, Brady, the GOAT, you know, for sure. Uh, but I've never seen I mean, I, I was fortunate enough to be able to watch um, Aaron Rodgers twice, you know, play against him personally twice a twice a year, you know, so being able to see what this guy can do and see him do it now and evolve and have so few and if to any mistakes as a quarterback to be able to use your legs as a quarterback to help your team, you know, I mean, he's just so freaking savvy. I mean, I mean, honestly, you know, if, if, if Brady didn't have all the rings, I mean, he, in my mind, he'd be one of the best to play the game. You know, yeah. with what he, I mean, he's a, he only has one Super Bowl, but I mean, he has a Super Bowl, too. If he, and if, 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 he was in, if he was in Detroit, we would have, I mean, whew, you think you, yeah, yeah, yeah. You never know. He's that one. There's, so, it's so rare to have a quarterback that can that can carry even a dysfunctional franchise. Like, there's only a couple of those guys, right? Yeah. And he's just one of them that you probably plug him in anywhere. He's going to have him in the playoffs perennially. But Stafford wants to make it great. I mean, he's he's, he's a quarterback, kind of like to the same respect that, uh, as um, as Aaron. He can reach anybody on the field at any place, anytime. Yeah. You know. He has a rocket. You know, yeah. he has one of the best arms. He's not the best arm in the league. And uh, I mean, it'd be nice to see him get to a, a, a good situation. I mean, you assume with a new coach coming in, they're going to want to get their own quarterback and all that. So um, it'd be nice to see him yeah, get to a nice situation, see if he can get him right. If you could wave a wand, I just thought of this because i kind of like to see him in Washington, and I'm not asking you to say that this is where you think he should go or anything, but have you ever fantasized for your buddy about him being somewhere competent yeah, I, I saw him in Dallas, just him being a, uh, a Texas kid. Yeah, you know, I saw yeah. him being in Dallas. I mean, maybe even Houston, I don't know. But probably oh, yeah. Dallas would be a, a nice fit. But. How about the Hall of Fame? You've been really, again, chill. I don't know if it's because you spend half the day in, in, in a grow and you have your own, your own business and you're so chill <laughs> about everything. But you're, again, very chill about the Hall of Fame, dude. And I admire that. So you as somebody who's most certainly going to put that jacket on one day, hopefully soon. So give me one guy that should be in, but you fear will not get in, maybe at your position. Like, an Anquan Bolden for me is like, I, I would love to see Anquan get the respect he deserves, but I just don't know because they don't take all the things that he did into account, maybe. You know, like, 
I mean, looking at the totality of Anquan Bolden, I mean, he's the most consistent throughout his career. Yeah. I mean, from once he stepped in to to throughout, I mean, he's been uh, the shoulder for the for the Baltimore to lean on, uh, Arizona. You know, um, he was huge, especially you know before Larry when Larry came in out there. Man, he was, he was big. I mean, he's like another one of those guys that you know that you take that you see, that you draw a watch, and that you want to take something from him and emulate and put into your game, you know. So yeah. he was one of those guys that, that, that I definitely admire for sure and deserves that. What about uh, how we judge receivers now because the numbers are different, even from when you played. Like when, like when we got in the league, I told people you, they'd run power, counter, zone. Like it was smash mouth. It was play action. Like there was more time to sack the quarterback. Now it's mm-hmm. like everything, the game is yeah. just exploding and wide receivers, the numbers are going to be inflated now. So how do should we judge this era of receivers? I mean, you got to look at the numbers, but I mean, you got to look at the time, the, 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 the era. There's so many things to look into. I mean, it's so hard to say. Because, Your team, right? I mean, yeah, you could, be on, you could be in a team that, like you say, all they do is run shotgun, like like one of these college teams. All yeah. they do, they're in the shotgun. And they, mm-hmm. they all they spread four or five wide all the time and all they do is throw the ball. I mean, yeah, you would expect to have inflated numbers, but I mean, we haven't seen that win too many Super Bowls, I don't think, either at the right. same time. Right. You know, you got to have that running game that's in there. Who do you like this weekend, man? Like in those two games, real quick, with the, you know, you, I, I kind of like, kind of like Tampa. And at this point, ooh, I kind of like the Bills. Okay. I like the Bills. Uh, really, because I'm most proud of, I'm, I'm really proud of, uh, I watched uh, Diggs, you know, grow up in Valley with, with Minnesota and evolve, man, and, and help, help help that team, you know, go to where they are now. You know, that, that's that's beautiful to see them got, see those guys blow up. I would love to see the Bills because I think it would be be an upset. I'm always looking at, I always love to see the other underdogs. I know you um, do. I'm sure as, you do. And I grew up, man. <laughs> yeah. I like Green Bay, man. I, I love Green yeah. Bay on, on 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 the on the other game. So that might answer a question I was going to ask you. If you could play like a small wide receiver, if you had, to, if they just shrunk you. And you were like five ten, and you could be anybody. Would Stephon <laughs> Diggs be the guy in today's game? Yeah, I like I love Stephon. He's wiggly. <laughs> yeah, you know, he's very elusive, man, and uh, he does great tracking the ball, great ball skills. I mean, yeah, I mean, Deshaun, I love Hopkins too, but uh, he's, he's a larger frame. But uh, yeah, yeah, Stephon Diggs, he's like kind of a badass, which I like about him. Like he 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 competes like hard, dude. Mm-hmm. He's just yeah. always fiery. I like that about him. Yeah. Um, who do you enjoy watching the most? Though is that is 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 it is it D Hop or is it Deshaun or is it somebody under the radar that people don't don't give enough credit to now? Who do I like watching the most? Oh man, any any of the guys I, I've come in contact with over the years, I, you know, I'm I'm easily a fan of. I met you and your cool dude, you know. Yeah. So um, you know, I, I've uh like DK. I love watching that kid. Oh, he's um, great. I love watching uh I love watching Deshaun. I love watching um, Devontae Adams. You know, like another yeah. same thing as at Diggs. You know, I watched him grow up in, in in Green Bay. Watching those guys evolve into you know the top receivers in the league. Um, you know, I just love, I'm I'm a fan of the game. Man. I'm I'm a fan of the game. A fan of players. I'm a fan of people that I meet more so. So I mean, seeing Sue play with uh, Tampa Bay. You know, that's cool. That's crazy. What that's a career! I, you almost forget yeah. he was down. The, yeah, I uh-huh. listen. I. Uh-huh. I, I'm with you because people always ask you, do you root for your old teams, that sort of thing. I do, but I really root for players, like people you know. Mm-hmm. It's a relationship-driven business, and 
So now you you're in the cannabis business, man. Like you know, we're we're interviewing you. You're in your your grow there. Like it looks like quite the facility. Tell me about what's going on right now, and mm-hmm. uh, how can somebody get some primitive in their hands? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. So beautiful time for us right now. We're about uh, hopefully like a month out from being able to open up our first dispensary now. We've always, uh, it's like everybody has setbacks with uh, during this time. Yeah. But um, opening up that, we had a, we had, I'm in my facility, my cultivation facility uh, here, just east of Lansing. Uh, it's, uh, we've been operating here for about a year and not quite a year and a half now, but a year and some change. And uh, great team, great environment, um, very enthusiastic all the time. Beautiful people, you know. That's the thing, putting together a great team. You know, the culture. You know, we have a VMC that, you know, uh, we that we make sure that all our team is fully aware of so that, you know, they understand how we operate and how we're going to, you know, how we're going to keep this thing, uh, uh, stay on the up and up, so to say. Um, but yeah, man, um, growing beautiful plants here, uh, fully vertical. Uh, like I say, you got the, uh, uh, process and cultivation and retail coming online here. So, That's awesome. so yeah. How do you get primitive in your hands? Yeah. You go to your, uh, your, uh, well, not every dispensary has yeah. it, but the ones we have relationships with, and uh, we're building that sales force out now so we can reach more of Michigan. Are you just as proud as of this stuff, in a, in a way? Like, cause it, it's pretty cool, man. Like, <laughs> well, you know what I think is cool is that more players are removing the stigma, and especially in sports. Okay, um, and the people that watch sports, like you're a role model. You've done everything right. It was a shock to people when they found out that Walter Payton Man of the Year also lights up, like. I'm like, why is that a shock to you? Why, like, there's nothing wrong with what we're doing. In fact, it's healthy and it's helping. It's helping me live a more full life. So you got to be pretty proud of yourself, man. I think it's pretty cool what you're doing. Man, you said the best, dude. Like, I'm just trying to, you know, there's this is medicine to a lot of people. This is, you know, recreational to a lot of people. But you just want to help people be able to live that best quality uh, of life, have the best quality of life. Just be able to provide whatever we can, whatever you need. If, if it is something that we can provide for you, because that's all we're all about: elevated wellness. How do you like to elevate your wellness? What's your what's your what's your consumption method of choice? You know, um, you know, either uh, I'm not. I like flour. Yeah, you know, flour is my thing. You know, that these are, these are the, these ladies in here. You know, they're doing a great job. You know, <laughs> growing up strong and, <laughs> and healthy. You know, so I like to consume um, whenever I can um, and, and flour. Yeah, and you started because of pain. It's well documented. You talked about having over nine concussions. I mean, for most of us, that's like a hey, yeah, I'll give you a ballpark of how many times I got hit in the head. I really don't know for sure. Yeah, but yeah. but I, I was very lucky. I know I didn't have a lot of... I didn't start because of pain. Like I, I started because a buddy in college had some, but then the reason that I, I smoked during most of my career heavily was because I was an insomniac. I was, I was on sleeping pills. Like I was... I was, and these are very unhealthy drugs, okay? Like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it affected yep. my anxiety negatively. Um, really had me dependent on these pills, etc. cetera. The, the morning you're all groggy. I played yep. a bunch of years doing this and until I got my hands on some good bud, you know, that, that the, the game changed when people started opening dispensaries and you could get it more easily. Mm-hmm. I, I, I basically fixed my life. You know what I mean? Like the anxiety around not being able to go to sleep at night. Right. If you're a pro football player, that's how you recover. Right. You know, so for me, it was that. How do we convince people that it's not just about pain? It can be about, you know, 
sleep. It can mm -hmm. be stress. It's such yeah. a multifaceted tool. And also, how do we convince people that we're all not like these stoners that have black lights in our house and, <laughs> and like all the paraphernalia, I mean, like that we, you know, yes. like I'm long hair, I, I smell, I don't take showers. I'm not a stoner, bro. Like <laughs> cannabis is a part of my life. It's not who I am. It's, it's educated, man. And that's what, that's what we're all about. We want to educate from, from our retail to just us on the streets, our sales force. You got to educate the consumer. And I think they got to hear the stories. They got to hear the testimonial. You know, I mean, obviously I have one. You have one that you're just telling us about. But they ought to hear some of the ones that our, our employees have. Maybe like an extractor that might have made a concoction of uh, THC and MCT oil and something else that helped his dad that had cancer. And it yeah. helped him shrink tumors, you know, things like that. You know, and that's why we have partnerships with, um, you know, we're able to hopefully um, um, go further down and explore some of these things through our partnership with Harvard. Um, as we as we continue to grow. Absolutely. How do you fix that that rule that Sorensen drilled the dude? Well, we had two rules come oh, up on Sunday. Yeah. So Sorensen drilled yeah. the dude in the head, and then the dude fumbled out of the back of the end zone. Two things. Would you rather get hit high or low? Do you think we're going in the wrong direction with some of the player safety stuff? Because they don't even really enforce it because that hit was textbook and it changed the game. And then also, what should happen when the ball goes through the back of the end zone? I'll leave you on two absolutely current event uh, questions there. Yeah. Uh, the spearing thing, you know, you just can't do it. I mean, I, I, I 100%, I mean, no for a fact, you know, you know, you can put your head down. You just can't protect your neck. You got to have your head up. You got to see what you're yeah. hitting. We know that. Yeah. Um, so we know that everybody saw it. Any football player, any person that saw it, like, okay, that should be a penalty. They should, even though he fumbled, that should be a penalty. They get the ball right there. Now, going over to the uh, deal with the um, – with the fumble out the end zone, yeah. I, I had my own, you know, heartburn with that. You know, I had a situation similar. Um, uh, Cam Chancellor punched out when I was diving into the end zone one year, Why do and I it bounced this? out the back of the end zone. But actually, the player knocked it out the back of the end zone. It didn't actually go out. The other player from the Seahawks tapped it out the back of the end right. zone. So that should have. I don't know what should have happened there, but I just I don't know. It's just that's a baffling rule to me. I Dude, mean, yeah, it makes sense. I mean, if you're about to score and you lose it right before you score. It would make sense for me that you lose the ball. It mm -hmm. I mean, think about it. It should be a, some kind of penalty. Right. I mean, you shouldn't, nothing shouldn't happen. Right, you know? right. I was, saying maybe, I was saying maybe they back you up to the 20 if you lose it out the back of the end zone and you get the same down you were on. So if it's third down. Okay, okay, you, I can dig See, it. I should be I commissioner. I, I should be it. commissioner. We'll take care of this whole <laughs> cannabis thing. We'll fix the end zone rule. And hey, we'll fix yeah, the lions, bro. No, we'll do this thing together. <laughs> hey, Calvin, appreciate the time, man, and, and best of luck. Uh, one more time, if you want to plug anything, foundation uh, and a website or anything yeah, for the cannabis um, stuff. For sure, man. I, just, I would love to plug the foundation, Calvin Johnson Jr. Foundation.com. Um, we're always uh, giving scholarships to the um, youth and, um, and helping those most affected, uh, whether it's through the pandemic or the abuse um, in, in our communities, whether it's here in Michigan or in Atlanta. Um, definitely Primitive Cannabis will be online here in Michigan. Um, uh, Nestry, uh, Building Your Mind, um, you know, it's, it's about changing the game and, and, and then focusing on what, what really sparks us and what moves our body and it's our mind. So just making sure, and, and that, that, that kind of goes over, you know, to uh, what we're talking about with the CTE and PTSD. You know, look up next street, um, activate your mind. You got it, man. I'm going to activate my mind in about five minutes. So I'm going to go check it out. Hey, dude, great talking to you, man. You. Hey, a lot, lot of respect for you, dude. And, and uh, love, it, love the way you carry yourself. Come back another time, dude. Thanks, Chris.
fight you with my friends. 